This is Masechet Betza, Daf Chet. We will begin on Daf Zayin Amud Bet, uh, about six lines from the uh, t- from the wide lines. The reason why we're starting there is because that is the beginning of this topic. It speaks about somebody who wants to slaughter an chayav of either a wild animal or a bird on Yom Tov and has the issue that by slaughtering it, uh, we have the mitzvah of kisu yadam covering the blood that doesn't apply to domesticated animals, which is why domesticated animals are not included here, only chayav of because those are the kinds of blood that you have to cover. So what happens if you slaughter chayave of on Yom Tov and you don't have dirt to cover it? This was discussed in the Mishnah. So it says there, hashochet chayave of. Somebody who slaughters a chayave of on Yom Tov, uh, what should they do? So we had there a machloket between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel in the first Mishnah of our Masechet. According to Beit Shammai, you can take a shovel, dig and cover the blood. According to Beit Hillel, uh, you should not slaughter unless you have dirt ready from before Yom Tov. That's what it said in the Mishnah. But the question is, what circumstances exactly talking about? So, so from the fact that it says Hashochet, it implies that the person already slaughtered and now they're faced with a situation where they don't have dirt. So, but what about the end? It says, it says, it says, it tells you not to slaughter unless you have dirt prepared. Implying that the first Tana, meaning Beit Shammai holds, that you can slaughter even though you know you don't have dirt, and then you can go dig and pl- place the dirt on top of the blood. So in other words, the question is like this. Are we talking about someone who already slaughtered a chayav and is now wondering whether they should be able to dig dirt in order to cover the blood? Or are we talking about somebody who knows that they don't have dirt and is wondering whether he's allowed to slaughter or not? So halakasha lo yishchod v'chaseh. Really what they meant was lo yishchod v'chaseh kamar that he shouldn't go and slaughter and then cover the blood since he doesn't have dirt. In other words, it's talking about a person who has not yet slaughtered and is wondering what to do. But what about at the end of the Mishnah? It says, Everybody agrees that if you did slaughter, then you can go and dig with a shovel and cover the blood. Implying that the beginning of the Mishnah is not but In other words, a person who comes and wants to know whether they can slaughter. In other words, a person who has, knows that they don't have any dirt and they want to slaughter this according to Beit Shammai, they can go ahead and do it. According to Beit Hilal, they cannot. If they already slaughtered, they go and take a shovel and cover the blood. That's what the Mishnah sounds like it means. So the question is, what is the first case of the Mishnah? What what Rabbi is saying, even though the word hashochet usually means somebody who already performed the action, they already slaughtered. Here we're talking about somebody who comes to ask a question. What should we say to him? That Beit Shammai says, we tell him, slaughter, cover the, dig and cover the blood. According to Beit Hillel, we should tell him, don't slaughter since you don't have dirt ready from before the holiday. This is what Rav Yosef says, a variation on the same idea. Then we're talking about somebody who comes to ask a question. What should you say to him? You tell him, go, dig dirt, Slaughter and then cover it. And according to Beit Hillel, he should not slaughter unless he had dirt ready from before. Now the difference in the language is that according to the first version, Ravina's version, we tell the questioner, according to Beit Shammai, Beit Shammai will tell the questioner, slaughter, 
dig and cover. And according to, Beit, uh, according to Rav Yosef's version, we tell the slaughterer, dig, slaughter, and cover. So why does he put the digging and the slaughtering in a different order? So Amar le'abay le'rav Yosef, Abay said to Rav Yosef, was his teacher, le'mamor v'rabah b'derabizera. Amarav kamafligitu. Maybe you and, and Rabah, I'm sorry, I said Ravina before I meant Rabah, you and Rabah are arguing about the following issue. And this is why you switch around the word uh, that you say, dig and then slaughter. And he says, slaughter and then dig. Okay, why do you do that? Because you're arguing about what Rabbi Zera said in the name of Rav. That a person who covers blood when he's going to slaughter either a wild animal or a bird, he has to put dirt underneath the blood and dirt on top of the blood. Because it says you should spill out the blood and cover it with dirt. It doesn't say cover it. Dirt, it, dirt, it says, in dirt. Okay? Meaning that there has to be dirt underneath and dirt on top. So, uh, you, meaning the master, meaning Rav Yosef, hold like Rav Yosef, and that's why you said dig, then slaughter, then cover, because you have to dig to create the dirt on the bottom. Then you slaughter, to, you put the blood on top of that dirt, and then you put more dirt on top of the uh, blood. But Rabbah said, no, you should slaughter, and then dig and then cover. Obviously, didn't require there to be dirt under the blood, only on top of it, so he doesn't hold like Rabbi Zerah. But Amar Rav Yosef said, No, you're not right about that. We both agree with Rabbi Zerah's halacha that there has to be dirt underneath and dirt on top. This is what we're really arguing about. According to the difference between myself and Rabbah is this that according to Rabbah, in order to do the slaughtering, even according to Beit Shammai, you have to have dirt that's going to go underneath the blood. You cannot dig out the dirt that's going to go underneath the blood. You can only dig out the dirt that's going to be put on top of the blood. And why? what's the reason? Because maybe the person will go dig dirt, um, create the surface that's going to be under the blood, and then decide not to slaughter anyway. So he basically moved the dirt for nothing. But I say, I say, no, you tell the person that they're allowed to dig even the dirt that is going to be placed under the blood. Why? Because if you don't allow him to do that, he's going to refrain from celebrating on the holiday. In other words, if you don't, if you make a gzerah, then unless he has the dirt to go underneath the blood prepared, he won't be able to slaughter the chicken. So then what happens is that many people won't be able to slaughter their chickens. So we're so worried that maybe he will dig some of the dirt and then change his mind and not slaughter the chicken, but that ends up inconveniencing the person who really does want to slaughter the chicken and therefore we shouldn't make that gzerah, says Rav Yosef. Now, uh, that's all according to Beit Shammai anyway. Everybody agrees that if he went ahead and slaughtered without having the dirt, that he can go dig the dirt and cover it. This is only if the shovel was already stuck into the dirt from the beginning of the, of the holiday, in other words, from before the holiday, because sticking the uh, sticking the uh, uh, the shovel in is a melacha that he's not allowed to do because he's breaking up the dirt. He's not allowed to break up the dirt. He's just allowed to scoop it and place it on the blood, but he's not allowed to break up the dirt because breaking up the dirt would be um, uh, would be a uh, uh, you know sticking the, the rather sticking the uh, shovel into the ground would itself be a uh, 
it would be too much, it would be more than what he's allowed to do, digging into the dirt to begin with on Yom Tov. But then they asked, even if he already has the dirt, this shovel stuck in, in other words, you're, you, you think that sticking the shovel into the, into the ground to begin with is a problem because it's a type of, because that's amlacha that's not permitted here. But the fact is he's also going to break up the dirt when he lifts up the dirt and breaking up the dirt into smaller pieces is tochen. It's one of the lachot of Shabbat in Yom Tov and he shouldn't be allowed to do it. So whether, so even though he has the shovel stuck in the ground, he's still going to end up violating lachot in moving the dirt. So just telling him that he can't stick the uh, stick the shovel into the ground is not enough to prevent him from doing lachot. We're talking about where the shovel was placed in the ground and the dirt was soft. So therefore, since the dirt was soft, he doesn't break up the dirt. And since he didn't stick the shovel into the dirt to begin with, on Yom Tov, he's okay. Now the thing is, but what about the fact that he makes a hole in the ground and that's considered binyan. One of the malachot of Shabbat is making a pit in the ground. Uh, it's binyan, it's like building. So, the answer is that if you only need the afar, if you dig a pit, and you only need the dirt from the pit, that's not considered a mlacha because you didn't want to create the pit. You only wanted to remove the dirt. And therefore, since we're saying that he just wants to remove the dirt to cover the blood, the fact that he makes a hole in the ground is not significant because he didn't really want the pit. He just wanted the dirt. Then in the Mishnah, that the ashes of the oven are considered prepared. So Efer Kiraman who mentioned this idea of anything about ashes? Why is it mentioned in the Mishnah? The answer is Amaraba. Uh, and it's also true that the uh, that even though um, even though uh, he was you know it's just the result of after cooking. In other words, the person didn't specifically necessarily put aside these ashes for um, for uh, covering the blood, but the fact that they were available before the Yom Tov. He had, been, he had been cooking before the Yom Tov and he had ashes in there and he could use it for covering the blood is considered that he has something that can be used for covering the blood. That's only if the cooking was done Erev Yom Tov that produced these ashes of but if it happened on Yom Tov itself, then it's not allowed. Why? Because before Yom Tov, this, these ashes didn't exist. And now it's a new entity and the new entity is going to be Mukte as we know. New entities that come into being on the holiday are Mukte. However, if the ashes are still hot, in other words, he cooked on Shabbat, or I'm sorry, Yom Tov, and the ashes are still so hot that you could actually roast an egg on those ashes, so they're still functional for cooking, then he could take them and cover the blood with it, because they didn't become Mokhtzeh yet, but once they are extinguished, they'll be Mokhtzeh. That the only time that we said ashes are considered to not be Mokhtzeh and can be used for covering the blood is if the, they were the result of cooking that was done in Erev Yom Tov, but if it was done in Yom Tov itself, it's a sore because at the beginning of the day it didn't exist. However, if it is still hot enough that it's functional for cooking, so it's not muktzah, so we can use it. If the person put dirt in their garden or in their ruin, in other words, he put some dirt in there, um, in some area, in some section of the ground, the property that belongs to him. He's intending to use that dirt. He doesn't want it to become part of the ground. So it's not considered digging the ground to take it. He just makes a pile of dirt on his property that he's going to use for various things. That's what Rav Yudah said. A person can bring a bucket of dirt and use it for all of his needs. In other words, Rashi says, Stamp. even though he doesn't have any specific intent for anything in particular, um, we don't say that it becomes part of the ground. He can use it for whatever he wants. 
taught in the name of Mozart the elder, that's only if he makes a specific area for it. In other words, if he spreads it out thin, then it's considered like it becomes a, uh, it becomes a, uh, a part of the ground. But if he piles it in a specific area, then it will stay independent. There is an objection. A koi was an animal that was a safik, whether it was considered a behema or a chaya, whether it required kisoyadam or not. So you, you shouldn't slaughter it on Yom Tov, because because since we only cover its blood out of doubt, so we can't say there's a definite mitzvah covering the blood that will override the rules of muktzeh and so on that we're violating to cover blood on Yom Tov. Now, if it's true, in other words, if it's true that a person can just have dirt in their yard that they use for any purpose, why can't he cover the blood like Rav Yehuda said? Rav Yehuda said a person can have a, uh, a pile of dirt in their backyard that will not be muktzeh because again, it is in mind to use it for any possible thing. So then why can't I slaughter this koi and then take this prepared dirt and cover the blood? What's the problem? I'm not violating anything because the dirt wasn't muktzeh, was designated for use. But according to that, why can't you just use the ashes of the fern, of the uh, oven or, uh, or a shovel that was already placed in the ground? In other words, we're talking about a case where he doesn't have the option to use um, dirt that's already prepared. He would have to actually go and take the dirt and move it uh, out of the ground in order for uh, the kisui hadam, for the covering of the blood to be done. And he's not allowed to override the rules of Shabbat that would be violated in doing that um, because he's only dealing with a doubtful case of, uh, a, a doubtful case of uh, kisui hadam. So it says then still, if that's true, but if that's true that he doesn't have a shovel stuck in the ground or he doesn't have ashes, he doesn't have anything prepared, so then even if it was a vada'i, even if it was a definite requirement of kisoy adam, he wouldn't be able to do it. Lo mi baya kamar, the Gemara says, it's true. Lo mi baya, it, it wasn't even necessary to say, lo mi baya vada'i de lo not, uh, It's not necessary to say that, that a vada'i you shouldn't slaughter. In other words, if you didn't have the preparations in place to do the kisoy adam, you should not slaughter a deer on Yom Tov, okay? Or a chicken on Yom Tov. However, aval safek, but you might have thought that in the same case where I have not a chicken, but I have a koi, which is a safek if I need to do kiswe adam, and I want to be able to eat the meat in order to celebrate the holiday. So you might say, you know what, go ahead, slaughter it. It's only a safek kiswe adam. And since it's only safek, I don't feel so bad that I can't do it because I don't have the dirt prepared, I don't have the ashes prepared. But in other words, the chidush is you might have thought that when it's a definite obligation of kiswe adam, I shouldn't create that obligation and then not be able to fulfill it. But if I have a doubtful obligation, maybe I could push it off and say, you know what, it's only a doubtful obligation anyway. Maybe I don't really require kisuya dam anyway. So I'll take the, um, I'll, I'll slaughter the koi and I just won't cover the blood. So kamash malan, you can't even create a safik requirement of kisuya dam that you're not able to fulfill. Now we turn to Amud Bet. So, but the fact that it says if you slaughtered the koi, you should not cover its blood, the implication is that you have something to cover its blood with. And it's saying that even though you have something to cover its blood with, you should not cover it because only doubt. So the question is why? That even though you have a uh, ashes available, it's only available for a vada'i, a definite need of kiswe adam, not for a safik. The safik might amalo.
What's the reason why you can't use it when it's a safek? When it's a doubtful requirement of Kisoy Adam, I can't take the ashes out of the pile and use it. Because you're making a hole. And we said before, making a hole in the ground, these ashes are collected in a hole. You're making a hole in the ground. But the same thing is, even when I know I'm doing Kisoy Adam for sure, on a chicken, I'm also making a hole in the ground. We must say like Rabbi Abba. In other words, so we're going to have to go back to Rabbi Abba. That Rabbi Abba said that even though you're making a hole in the ground, since your intention is just to take the dirt or just to take the ashes, it's okay. So then what is the reason why we make a distinction? If you already have what to cover it with. So what's the difference whether I'm covering a safik or a vadai? So it says no, because maybe you're going to break up clumps of dirt. But vaday nami nixovashum tisha, same problem with the vaday. If I have a chicken that I know there's an obligation of kiswe adam, how can I be allowed to cover the blood if I might come to break up dirt in that case too? So it says vaday ki gavi tisha ated ase vidachet lotas. Emar dam winan ated ase vidachet lotas. Right? Oh, I'm sorry, that's the next part. Thing is, no, because we're saying like this, when I have a definite obligation of Kiswe Adam, I could say that even if I violated one of the laws of Yom Tov by breaking up the clumps of dirt, I have a definite reason, which is the positive mitzvah of Kiswe Adam, but when it's only a doubtful Kiswe Adam, I can't use that excuse. But the Gemara says, wait a second. The only time we say that a positive mitzvah overrides a negative is when the positive mitzvah and the negative mitzvah happen simultaneously. That at the moment you're violating the, the prohibition, you're fulfilling the mitzvah. Such as in the case of If the, a person needs a brit milah, and on, the, and on the exact spot of the milah is tzara'at. You're not allowed to cut tzara'at off, but since it's on the place of the milah, we're allowed to do it. Similarly, the person wants to wear a linen garment with tzitzit that have a, the wool of techelet, he's allowed to, because at the moment he's breaking shatnez, it's in order to fulfill the mitzvah of tzitzit. But here... It's not the same thing because you're taking the dirt out and then you're putting it to cover the blood. It's not simultaneously, right? So, uh, but here, first he's taking, making the hole in the ground or first he's breaking up the clumps of dirt and then he's covering the blood, right? He's not doing the assay at the same moment. No problem. Maybe we're talking about a case that as he's breaking up the dirt, he's covering the blood. So therefore... When it's a when it's a definite obligation of Kisui Adam, we could say that that overrides the uh, the, the positive the, the mitzvah of keeping Yom Tov, and uh, since there's a positive mitzvah of um, Kisui Adam, but when it's a doubt, we can't say it. But it says sof sof Yom Tov asev lo tasev ve'na sedoched lo tasev Right. So the thing is that Yom Tov is asev lo tasev. It's both both a positive commandment Shabbaton keep the holiday, but it's also lo tasev don't do melacha ve'na sedoched lo tasev and we don't have a rule that an ase can override an ase and a lot ase. In other words, since certain mitzvot, such as Shabbat, and there's a positive commandment to rest on Shabbat and a negative commandment not to do melacha. There's a positive commandment to celebrate the, and rest on the holiday and a negative commandment not to do melacha. A positive mitzvah cannot override Yom Tov because Yom Tov is both a positive and a negative. Okay? So therefore, it wouldn't work here to say that the Kisui Adam is going to override the rule of breaking the clumps of dirt up on Yom Tov because the breaking of the clumps of dirt up on Yom Tov is a negation of a positive and a negative. It's a negation of the positive mitzvah to rest on Yom Tov and it's a violation of the negative not to do melacha. So therefore you can't use the excuse of Kisui Adam to violate the Yom Tov. It's not that there's something intrinsic uh, in terms of melachot of Yom Tov, but it's about the mukta issue. When a person sets aside this efer kura, he sets aside the um, 
the uh, the ashes, he's doing so with the intent for a definite, not a doubt. And so what does that mean? So therefore it's an issue of muktzev, and Rava's following his reasoning elsewhere. If a person put aside dirt to cover excrement, if the child goes to the bathroom on the floor, he can use it to cover the blood of a bird. But if he put it to cover the blood of a bird, he cannot use that to cover excrement. And what is the reason? Rashi says, because the mitzvah, because the, 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 whether there's going to be a mess that he has to cover is a, um, is a, uh, is a doubt. So if he set it aside for the doubt, maybe the child is going to go to the bathroom on the floor. He's not sure that that's going to happen. So he can also use it for the, the bird. But if he sets it aside for the bird, then, uh, he knows that he's going to uh, he's going to slaughter the bird and he's going to have it for his, his meal, but he doesn't know for sure that the child is going to go to the bathroom on the floor. So in other words, if he sets something aside for a vadai, he can't lower it and use it for a safek. If he set it for a safek, he could use it for a vadai. And then, but then we see another opinion that nahar which we say Rashi says nahar is actually a particular person. Uh, it's actually Rami Bar Biribi said no. Actually, even if even if you set it aside to cover the bird's uh, excrement, you can also use it. I'm sorry, the, bird, the bird's blood, you can also use it for excrement. Um, because once you designated it, you designated it, Rashi says, because just like you're probably, just like you're, you're going to slaughter the chicken, you're also going to have messes on the floor. In any case, you see from here that there's a difference between safek and vadai when it comes to designation. They said in the West, in Israel, Some say that it was Rabbi Yossi Bar Chama against Rabbi Zera. Some say it was Rava Bar son of Rabbi Yosef Bar Chama against Rabbi Zera. One said, if you set aside dirt for cleaning up excrement, for covering excrement, you could use it for a koi also. In other words, a koi is the same. Koi are you kitsoah. In other words, if you put aside dirt to cover excrement, you could use it for a blood of a koi because a koi is a doubt and whether there's going to be a mess on the floor is a doubt. The other one says, no, it's not like tsoa because even though you put it to cover a doubt because you don't know for sure if the child is going to make a mess on the floor, but the, you know, the, the, the possibility of a child making a mess on the floor the doubt whether the child is going to make a mess on the floor or not is a totally different kind of doubt than whether this animal requires kisui adam or not. One of them is a doubt that we just don't know whether a koi requires kisui adam. The other one is that it's likely to happen. It's not definite. It's something that time will tell, like whether the child's going to make a mess or not. You can't compare the two. But either way, what is the point? Um, the point is that uh, you could see that Rava is the one who sets them equal and says a koi is like the excrement of a child, meaning that if you set aside dirt for covering excrement, you could cover the blood of a koi. Because you see that Rav is the one that says that if you set aside dirt to cover excrement, you're allowed to use it to cover the blood of a bird. And if it's blood of a bird, you set aside for blood of a bird, you cannot use it to cover the uh, excrement, which was unexpected. That is the conclusion of the Gemara. In other words, you see that the um, that uh, it's considered to be anytime it's considered to be a safik, 
um, that uh, he's the one that said that Soa is considered a safik, and therefore that, uh, that because, it, and it's not a vaday, it's a safik, that's why it's on a lesser status. If you set aside dirt to cover excrement, it's considered a safik because maybe there won't be any excrement to cover. That's on the same level, according to Ava, as the koi, and therefore if you had such dirt, you'd be able to cover the blood of the koi too, but definitely if something was set aside for regular kisuyadam, for obligatory kisuyadam, you couldn't repurpose it for doubtful kisuyadam, according to Rava. Here's the real reason we don't cover the blood of a koi. Because people will think that since you covered the blood, it must be a definite chaya. And people will eat the chilev, because the difference between a chilev and, and a behemah, a domesticated and a non-domesticated animal, is a domesticated animal, the fats, most of the fats are prohibited, because these are the fats that would go on the altar if it were a korban. A chayah is never brought as a korban. So therefore you can eat the entire thing, including all the fats, you don't have to do any nikur, you don't have to remove any fats. So if you see that somebody's covering the blood of a koi, you're going to think that its fat is permitted also, because you normally only cover the blood of chickens and wild animals that the fat is permitted. So you might have thought that the fat is permitted and people will make a mistake and they'll allow people, and really the koi's fat is a doubt also because it could be a behemah. If that's true, then we shouldn't be able to cover the blood of a koi even on a weekday. Forget about Yom Tov. He says, No, people will say that if he's slaughtering a koi during the week and he covers the blood, people will just say it's not for the mitzvah. It's only to clean up his yard. Right? But, but during Yom Tov, you see somebody covering the blood, you know it's obligatory. But then, what if the guy goes and slaughters the koi in a garbage dump? He shouldn't be allowed to cover the blood because people will know it's for the mitzvah. And they will think that it's, uh, it doesn't have to be on Yom Tov. Meaning people will think that for sure it is a chayan Because he's slaughtering it in a weekday on a garbage dump and he's covering the blood. What if somebody comes and asks, should I cover the blood of a koi? If you tell him, yes, you should, you're saying it's basically a chayan or not. So it says, No, the answer is, during the weekday, since it's a doubt, we'll just tell people, go out of your way and cover the blood. It doesn't hurt to cover the blood. We're not going to tell you not to cover it because people will confuse it with a chaya and think it's a definite chaya and eat the, and eat the, the chilev. We're not worried about that. However, But on Yom Tov, the rabbis are not going to tell you to go through the tircha, through the trouble of covering the blood of an animal that might not really require it. So therefore, on Yom Tov, we don't cover the koi's blood, but other times, we would cover it. Then the Gemara goes on, Tani Rabbi lo koi Not only can you not cover the blood of the koi, but even if you had a behemah or other animals that don't require the covering of the blood, and their blood became mixed in with the blood of chaya or of that does require covering, you can't cover it because you're covering more than you need to. You're only allowed to cover what you need to and not to go to the trouble of covering more than that. That's only if one shoveling won't do the trick. But if... Um, if you, you could take one shoveling and throw the dirt and it will cover the blood of animal and chaya and everyone, so then mutar it's allowed. So why do you have to tell me that? Obviously, if I can throw one scoop of dirt and it's going to cover the blood of the wild animal and it's also by default going to cover also the blood of other animals, why should that be a chidush that I'm allowed to do that? The answer is because you might say, if you allow him to cover it at all, next time we'll do two scoop, scoops and he'll do a separate scooping just to cover the blood that doesn't require covering. And therefore we say that if it's with one scooping, fine. But if it's more than that, 
then no. But we don't make a gzerah that you can't cover it at all um, if you're covering both the chayaz blood and other animals' blood with one action. If you slaughtered the bird right before Yom Tov, and now Yom Tov begins, you cannot cover the blood now um, because the shechita was done in Erev Yom Tov. So you don't have the permission now to cover it on Yom Tov. She says, You should have covered it before. We can't say that by preventing you from covering the blood, you're going to prevent you from uh, enjoying the Yom Tov because you already slaughtered the bird. Right? However, if you need a dough, you could separate the chala and yom tov. What's the reason? Because the rabbis didn't make a gzera, even though the rabbis made a gzera against all kinds of truma and maaser, take separating of tithing and this and that on yom tov and shabbat, they didn't do that with chala because since you're allowed to knead dough on yom tov, and in kneading the dough, you're going to have to separate the chala, they didn't make a gzera on that. So therefore, you're allowed to separate the chala. So even though you kneaded the dough prior to the yom tov, you can separate the chala on the yom tov. And that's the halacha, that even though you, that if you knead the dough on Erev Yom Tov, you cannot separate the chala on yom tov. And and the reason would be because since you didn't do the Gilgul, you didn't do, they only allowed you to separate the Chala on Yom Tov from a dough that was prepared on Yom Tov. It sounds like uh, Shmuel is arguing with his own father. Because Shmuel said... Because that was the position of Avod Shmuel, father of Shmuel. Now, what did Shmuel say? Chalat chutz la'aretz, ochev olech, v'chal kach mafrish. That a person, when it comes to chalat chutz la'aretz, he has to separate chala from his, his, his dough. Since you're outside of Israel, it's all rabbinic. So therefore, the, the rabbi said, you can eat and eat and eat as much as you want, and then just leave the last part. That will be the chala. So you're technically eating from something that didn't have the chala separated from it. But whatever you leave over is going to be the chala. So you're allowed to do that. So therefore, what do you see? There's no real quote-unquote separating of chala in chutz aretz because you could get away with it by default. Just eat as much as you want and whatever you have left over is the chala. So what's the big deal of separating chala and yom tov? You're not really doing anything because you could just eat the food and leave the chala and be the same thing. So it says, no, the difference is, doesn't Shmuel agree? That if a person declared chala, it would be prohibited for non-Kohanim. In other words, it's true that a person can eat and eat and eat and just leave the last part and say that's chala. And so in that way, separating chala could be done in a roundabout way. And you could argue that the separating of the chala is not necessary in chutz because you could just do it by default by eating everything and leaving over the chala. However, if a person did declare part of the dough chala, it would become chala. So you see that it has, it's effective. The declaration is effective and the designation is effective of the chala. And therefore, since the designation of the chala is effective, that means that there's some significance to it and we could make a gzeran say that only when you need the dough on Yom Tov do, are you allowed to separate the uh, chala on Yom Tov. But if you need the dough before Yom Tov, it's possible to argue and that's what the halacha is, that you should not separate the chala from it on Yom Tov.